Continuing on with my thoughts, uh, and my mic suddenly showed frozen or whatever. Yeah, that's the beauty of dealing with this stuff. Sometimes you have no idea whether or not you're really being uh, <laughs> heard or not, unless someone comes in and tells you that in the chat. Anyway, um, I left off with a, a little rant uh, based upon the Alex Jones situation, but uh, the funny thing uh, when I say you know, then, you know, he he can't be possibly right, but yes, uh, he could have he could be possibly right. Um, the doctors aren't going to admit to this. They'd be damned if they would be uh, admitting um, to, to the complicity of of their actions, because no one ever takes responsibility for anything anymore. This is part of the beauty of uh, of the communist. Uh, that's the reason why the communists are so willing to do what they do. Uh, they don't believe in God. They don't believe in a uh, a spiritual. Uh, foundation they don't believe in morality they believe in power and that's why the postmodernist uh, and all the other people that are um, involved with this uh, philosophy are are so uh, detrimental to societies around the world they bring I, I here's the thing it's like and this is this is of course this is the reason why the liberals or the leftists I won't call them liberals I think liberals are there's a different flavor there, but uh, the leftists love to control the media and they love to control publications because publishing the truth is hard for you know they they don't publish the truth they publish their propaganda uh, they hide their their crimes they hide it behind uh, you know and they always they they're great at projection projection of all the evils onto other institutions and philosophies particularly capitalism. And of course, here's the here's the kicker. Okay, so Washington D.C. is filled with corrupt people. It's filled with evil people like the Bushes who started the the wars they did in the Middle East. Like I said, there's plenty of guilt to go around, and these people have created this problem because they're corrupt and evil. Same way with Obama, the first socialist president in the United States. He was a socialist. He doesn't care one iota about Americans, and he got his money. And all socialists do. They profiteer from this stuff too. Uh, they play the hustle of racism and, and whatnot. And they garner their uh, aspects of power. But based upon that, you know, these uh, there's a host of things that go on. Uh, uh, here's a primary example. So this is authored by Pepe Escobar from The Cradle. And Escobar writes, Putin, Xi, running circles around Biden's uh, hybrid war. Um and we'll go from, we'll read a little bit of this. Vladimir Putin got straight to the point. At the opening of one of his hour and 14 minute video conversations with Xi Jinping on December 15th, he described Russia China relations as an example of genuine interstate cooperation in the 21st century. And of course, they're shaking hands and this uh, little picture he shows. There are a myriad of levels of cooperation that have been known for years now from trade, oil, and gas finance, aerospace, a fight against COVID-19, to the progressive interconnection of the Belt and Road Initiative and the Eurasian Economic Union. So this guy, you know, he, 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 he's all in love with this. But here's where he, he talks about the, um, and like I said, this is the hint of truth embedded in, in a course of lies. So one of the most important Russian and Chinese banks, from Cyberbank to Bank of China, adopt the system, the path of opening for other banks across Eurasia and the global south to join in. 
In the long run, SWIFT, prone to non-stop American political interference, will be increasingly marginalized or restricted uh, to Atlantic Atlantic latitudes. Uh, SWIFT is a payment situation. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about SWIFT because I don't. Uh, I know what I, I know the concept, and it's uh, there's a been a pivot away from it. Bypassing the U.S. dollar on trade and all sorts of financial statements is an absolute central plank of the ever-involving Russian-China notion of a multipolar world. So, uh, you know, this is where Russia has obviously is uh, 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 positions itself uniquely with China. So, I'll go, I'll go on to the next paragraph, which is important. This is a key paragraph. The road will be long, of course, especially when it comes to offering a solid counterpoint to the U.S.-controlled global financial system, a maze that includes the humongous investment houses of BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street Variety, with their interlocking shareholding of virtually every major multinational company. And that's exactly, that is true. That is a point of fact. It's not, it's not hyperbole, it's not a conspiracy uh, theory, it's a reality. All you have to do is use uh, finance, uh, financial tools like Yahoo Finance, and you'll see the holdings of every major multinational corporation, and you'll see who owns them. And you'll find out that the largest percentage are owned at least 5 to 10% by each one of those particular ent- entities, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, totaling anywhere between 15 to 25%, um, without fail. And I've, I've checked at least so far, just checked about 60 companies across various uh, uh, industrial in, in industries and sectors, and without fail, that's true. Except except for the ones that are privately owned, which of course are then owned by either a family or a conglomerate that holds uh, something else, which are probably invested in BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, and Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street are invested in them. This interlocutory situation is going on. Uh, this is something that the uh, Japanese were very good at. Um, it's kind of, uh, they're kind of like their thing. It's the same, so there, there's more mimicry than uh, anything here. Uh, there's no, uh, there's no real, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uniqueness. It's not global, it's not innovation. All it is, is it's actually a, a certain amount of, of, uh, of uh, I guess you could say, um, what do you say? What's the best way to put this? Um, not only just a control mechanism, but um, a kind of almost a form of blackmail. So, for example, if you're Pepsi, if you don't go along with the get along, we'll destroy you because we can just shift our uh, ownership to Coke, which we equally control, and therefore uh, you both better get on the same program. So, in other words, BlackRock or uh, Vanguard. Vanguard's a privately held company, but it's invested in by the Royals, uh, by the World Economic Forum, by all the major presidents and their their particular cronies around the world. So all the, and when I say particular presidents, Bush in particular, um, they all hold like substantial portions or have a, a voting stake in a private company like Vanguard, and that's just the way it is. Um, and BlackRock is the public, uh, I guess you say, public persona of this with their $10 trillion under assets, assets under management. So anyway, uh, that's from Zero Hedge. 
And then there's another article based upon Russia publishes detail of security proposals sent to U.S. and NATO. Uh, yeah, they're trying to put out there that they're, uh, you know, they're trying to be uh, conciliatory towards Ukraine. The proposals call for the U.S. and Russia to refrain from deploying military forces to areas where such deployments can be viewed as a threat. The document reads, quote, The parties shall refrain from flying heavy bombers, equipment for nuclear or non-nuclear armaments, or deploying surface warships of any type, including in the framework of international organizations, military alliances, or coalitions in areas outside the national airspace and national territorial waters, respectively, from where they can... There can, they can attack parties in the territories of the other party. It's nice to see this is a this is a uh, a way for the the Russians to come across as conciliatory while they're stationing their troops and their uh, weaponry and their uh, civilian what do you call it uh, non nuclear armaments uh, tanks and whatnot uh, right outside the front door and of course they're not going to withdraw from the region. No, the, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I don't want to see us go into any kind of conflict or confrontation with these people. Uh, <laughs> it serves. It doesn't serve my benefit. It doesn't serve. Actually, it doesn't serve Ukrainian benefit. But it certainly serves the the purposes of uh, the the Russians who want want the space in the U.S. Uh, military industrial complex's space because they want to make they want to make war. Uh, they're stupid. They're just they're just warmongers. That's always what they've been. That's why they get us involved in all these conflicts. And, of course, it, it gives them one more uh, tool or uh, perspective to shift off of the, the aspects of our uh, demise. Uh, you know, they'll say, well, if, you know, if we had just been a little bit smarter, you know, this wouldn't have uh, caused such chaos in our, our in our, uh, what do you call it, uh, policy. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, our policy issues, you know, our uh, degradation as a an empire or nation or whatever uh, came from the fact that, you know, we couldn't control the Russian bear uh, on in Ukraine or uh, Latvia or any of the other fucking Belarus or whatever fucking country we're involved with them next. Of course, you know, uh, leaving aside all the bullshit that we caused over there and all the things were uh, the Ukrainians and how corrupt they are. It, honestly, you know, I, a long time ago, we should have kicked rocks on Ukraine and let them let the Russians do what they were going to do and have what they're going to have. Uh, the breakup of the USSR, albeit a uh, supposedly a good thing, it, it hasn't turned out that way. Uh, all it is is just it just turned into a playing whack-a-mole over there. And of course, you know, uh, what 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 have we done? We've ignored. We've ignored China while we have a bunch of idiots running around in Eastern Europe trying to cause havoc. I'll point to I point to her over and over again to get the point across. Victoria Newland, Robert Kagan, John Bolton, and the whole group that are were putting together. They put together a, a foundation or a, a NGO or, or not an NGO, but a think tank called. A, the project for a new American century, a PNAC, and they have done nothing but destroy our ability to be a great nation in a new uh, new century. Because these assholes are nothing but vicious little pit vipers that go around getting us involved in stupid shit and getting paid to do it. They're nothing but idiots. 
I don't care if Victoria speaks Russian. I don't care that she was a assistant secretary of state. And now, now she's working for Joe Biden again. She was working under Obama. She worked under Bush. She was actually Dick Cheney's foreign policy director or advisor. So you know she knows Liz Cheney, that little bitch who's uh, continuing to run her mouth. Uh, Liz Cheney, the she's just uh, she's just as bad as every Bush, bad as every Romney, bad as every McCain. They're all they're all put. Believe me, this isn't uh, left and right or Democrat and Republican. They're all on the same page. They all do the same bullshit out at Washington, D.C. And until we get rid of these people in terms of their their representation of us and to actually uh, dismantle the Fed and come up with a gold-backed or a, a basket of currency-backed uh, uh, financial system, we are effed as a country. Um, should be based upon gold, silver. I'm actually very much any, even a crypto. I would be very, very interested in a basket of, of uh, um, backing our our financial system, based going back to that particular standpoint. That being said, it really helps if you have gold in, on hand, uh, silver on hand. Uh, precious metals of any sort, land. Uh, there needs to be some kind of uh, observ- observ- observable and fixed way to create a monetary system that works for the United States alone. I am not an a- isolationist per se, but there is a policy. Uh, there is a policy viewpoint there that says we should become a more isolated nation, be more protective of our country, protective of our borders. Um, that would be my platform if I was running the show and getting out of these goat rodeos that we are involved in. Uh, as far as China, uh, well, you know what the problem is with our, our policy is until you can make deals with individual nations and actually can hold them to that and actually show that you have some integrity, you're going to have a very hard time getting them on board. The problem is the very issue that we have is we have people that are all acting in corrupt manners and therefore you can never solve the problem. You can't solve the problem if everybody is basically a bunch of backstabbing uh, uh, bitches that are basically just like a, it's like a family where everybody in the family is always out to get somebody else in the family. I, I know what this is like because I've been a part of a family just like that. My father's side was like that. They're all vicious they always were all looking for attention. They were all narcissists. They all wanted to uh, get back at somebody else in the family for whatever uh, slight or in- in discretion, indiscretion that they thought they could could use or exploit for their own means. Uh, I'm going off on a rant here, but you know <laughs> we'll finish this up in regards to that. So, uh, but that's what I would I would I'd say that we need a, a substantial. Uh, tack away from our bullshit that we have going on. So I'm going to play a couple up, uh, finish out with a couple, uh, uh, at least uh, a little snippets. One's from Jim Cramer, another shill for the CNBC, uh, Warren Buffett, uh, Bill Gates crowd. You'll, you'll appreciate it. Somebody did a mashup here. It's quite good. Lord knows what happened if you didn't partake. But back then, Anyone who refused to get vaccinated would get ratted out immediately. 
You're sheltering enemies of the state, are you not? We have immunocompromised people who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated. Now you, show me your identification papers, please. So it's time to admit that we have to go to war against COVID. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. Sorry, not every part of it's uh, yeah, without visuals, you won't know what that is. Um, how big of a concern is that, especially when you kind of look back at how amazing it is that we have vaccines and how quickly that happened? This is one of the best industries we have. And you can easily uh, look at how really poor Europe is, how bad China is. We don't want to mess with this industry. Uh, this industry is great. And I don't know why we periodically decide that they are the enemy. Yes, they put through price increases. But frankly, all the innovation is here. Why do we want to stifle innovation? We have to try to figure out why do we have better innovation? Well, because we allow our companies to make a better return. Why don't we blow the system up? I mean, obviously, we can't just turn off the spigot on the system we have and then say, hey, everyone in the world should get this new vaccine we haven't given to anyone yet. But there must be some way that we grow vaccines mostly in eggs the way we did in 1947. In order to make the transition from getting out of the tried and true egg growing, which we know gives us results that can be you know, beneficial. I mean, we've done well with that to something that has to be much better. Uh, you have to prove that this works, and then you've got to go through all of the clinical trials, phase ones, phase twos, phase three, and then show that this particular product is going to be good over a period of years. That alone, if it works perfectly, is going to take a decade. There might be a need or even an urgent call for uh, an entity right. of excitement out there that's completely disruptive, that's not beholden to bureaucratic strings and, and, and processes. So we really do have a problem of how the world perceives influenza, and it's going to be very difficult to change that unless you do it from within and say, I don't care what your perception is, we're going to address the problem in a disruptive way and in an iterative way, because you do need both. But it is not too crazy to think that an outbreak of an, a novel avian virus could occur in, in China somewhere. We could get the RNA sequence from that, beam it to a number of regional centers, if not local, if not even in your home at some point, and print those vaccines on a patch and self-administer. The last guy was uh, Rick Bright. So, you know, he was uh, he worked at BARDA. Uh, matter of fact, what's his face? Um, oh, uh, uh, Peter Navarro worked with him. I, he mentioned him a lot in his book uh, that I 
that I've listened to uh, on a uh, on a particular channel, Discord channel, represented by a, uh, a blogger or an um, Australian. Uh, she's a great person. Her name's Liz, and I thought I'd just mention her there. Uh, but she's been uh, hosting this book, and uh, we've been listening to it on a regular basis. So, uh, but yeah, that is Rick Bright. He's talking about this particular thing, and as you heard, Dr. Fauci was talking. And this was posted by Ezra Klein, if I'm not mistaken. And this was two months, repeat, two months before the pandemic. So this was like January 2020 or roughly then. So you see what these people are talking about. They were all on board with trying to create this new processes. And, and of course, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Fauci, I'm going to call him Mr. Fauci. I'm not going to call him the, his honorific. Uh, he was uh, working with Bill Gates on the Decade of Vaccine Board uh, starting in 2010. And he had a relationship going back with Bill Gates at least 20 years. Uh, they had been working on. And Bill Gates had uh, set up multiple. They were all about cutting down the amount of time frame it took to go from uh, uh, the, the quote unquote the vaccine uh, platform. They didn't want to do quality control. This is what it boils down to. The way they look at things or the way they're using it, they know better than this. Everybody who's ever worked in an industry who understands quality control and mechanisms and gating processes and understands that you have to go through certain uh, trials, animal trials, which they avoided, by the way, in this situation. They didn't do animal trials the way they were supposed to. I, I remember reading one. This was a long time ago. This was back in 2020. This was like May that I pulled it down. And it was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, involving the rhesus monkeys. And they were testing uh, testing the, the vaccine to see if it, uh, the vaccine, the mRNA vaccine that they were putting together. It's quite telling. I'd have to go back. As a matter of fact... The things that I was uh, in touch with back then and the things that I'm in touch with now, uh, you, uh, it would, it would, uh, it kind of it flows together. So, for example, this particular uh, situation was done at the Michael Milken Institute. Uh, Michael Milken was one of the people that uh, Fauci, in his emails, was being rep- rep- referencing Michael Milken as a partnership in February of 2020. This was before the virus became a big news in the United States in terms of of what happened. Uh, Yeah, so they were talking to Michael Milken's uh, actual, himself, uh, so was Dr. Collins. Um, Those are in his actual, and actual emails. Um, So it's not, (laughs) see, you see who they partner with. Michael Milken, we all know about him. He was the junk bond king of the 1980s. So, anyway, um, we're going to end this broadcast with two little sound bites. The first one, um, you'll know, it's a dramatic. If I'm glad, when I say it's a dramatic, it's a, from Gladiator. I just want to play it. So, yeah, we know the Germans have been quite involved, quite involved in the situation. A guy named Klaus Schwab and now uh, Ursula, <laughs> the the EU president. Uh, so I'm going to just play because I found it interesting, and then we'll end on the a broadcast on. Uh, other means. So, here we go. 
I know. So I, I did that just because, uh, yeah, uh, they say no. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what we should be doing. We should be saying no lots more very often and repetitively because uh, uh, we're dealing with people that don't they don't take no for an answer. Uh, so anyway, um, moving on to the... Uh, uh, since I, I, I initially named this... Uh, uh, my uh, quote-unquote uh, um, the Omicron uh, slash uh, variant Gmus uh, because of Xmas, obviously, or Christmas. Yeah, because G causes shit. But we're going to end on a happier note. So here, here we go. You know Dasher, and Dancer, and Prancer, and Vixen, Comet, and Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him as they shouted out with glee. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer You'll go down in history Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer You'll go down in history Christmas, that's what I say. So, I may do a broadcast tomorrow. Um, we'll see where we're at. Um, I've, uh, I often enjoy doing these things because I think uh, there's some benefit to talking about in the news, talking about where we're at scientifically on this stuff. But there's a grander objective that we obviously need to be paying attention to. And in my opinion, uh, we need to pay attention to it quite um, persistently um, we know this is operating on a financial a political objective a healthcare medical uh, control a crypto take over the world social control uh, system so there's multiple 
each one of these particular pillars is being rolled out uh, across the world. So that whether it be in the Netherlands, whether it be in Israel, whether it be in the UK, Australia, they're using testing grounds for certain concepts and ideas. Uh, like Dr. Eli David said, there's a travel ban on most countries in the world, including the Maldives. But also, the Israel's prime minister's wife and children are still on vacation in the Maldives, as he put it. Restrictions are for you, the peasants, not for them. And that's exactly it. This is a class warfare um, a being operated on you because they don't want to have they want to have the elite and then all the rest of the rest of us and they don't care what your title is of course they have their little technocrats that they're using to to exploit us so that's always the case this is just a, another communist techno-communism neo-feudalism you know kind of uh, rollout and of course there's a there's the intertwining of the transhumanism perspective um, so they don't care whether they don't for the for the elite that got the power and that's what they look at it they have their hustlers at the top and they're going to keep us uh keep us uh, doing it so i hope you really enjoyed the broadcast uh stay safe out there have a great uh christmas holiday season as best you can with everything that's going on uh god bless the united states of america and god save the world Uh, from all the tyranny that is going on.